Here's a Lotus Again Nonsense podcast, and it's the 18th of February 2023. The time is 1936, and it is Saturday. Today we are going to pick up where we left off. We have come to Second Chronicle, chapter number 30. Hezekiah sent word to all Israel and Judah, and even wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh to come to the house of Jehovah in Jerusalem to observe the Passover to Jehovah the God of Israel. However, the king, his princesses, and the whole congregation in Jerusalem decided to observe the Passover in the second month, for they had not been able to observe it in a regular time, because not enough priests had sanctified themselves, nor had the people gathered in Jerusalem. This arrangement seemed right in the eyes of the king and the entire congregation, so they decided to make an announcement throughout Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, that the people should come and observe the Passover to Jehovah, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem, for as a group they had not uh, observed it according to what is written. Then the couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with the letters from the king and his princesses, as the king had commanded, saying, People of Israel, return to Jehovah the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that they may return to the remnant who escaped out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not be, do not be like your forefathers and your brothers who acted unfaithfully towards Jehovah the God of their forefathers, so that he made them an object of horror, just as you are seeing. Now do not be obstinate like your forefathers. Submit to Jehovah and come to his sanctuary, that he has sanctified forever, and serve Jehovah your God, so that his burning anger may turn away from you. For when you return to Jehovah, your brothers and your sons will be shown mercy by their captors, and will be allowed to return to this land. For Jehovah your God is compassionate and merciful, and he will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. So the curious went from city to city throughout the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, even to Sibylon, but the people were making fun of them and mocking them. However, some individuals from Asha, Manasseh, and Sibylon humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of the true God was also in Judah to unite them, to carry out what the king and the princesses had commanded by the word of Jehovah. A multitude of people gathered together at Jerusalem to observe the festival of unleavened bread in the second month. It was a very large congregation. They rose up and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem, and they removed all the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. Then they slaughtered the Passover sacrifice on the fourteenth day of the second month. The priests and the Levites felt ashamed, so they sanctified themselves and brought burnt offerings to the house of Jehovah. They took their customary places according to the law of Moses, the man of the true God, then the priest sprinkled the blood received from the hand of the Levites. There were many in the congregation who had not sanctified themselves, and the Levites were in charge of slaughtering the Passover sacrifice for all who were not clean to sanctify them to Jehovah. 
for a great number of the people, especially those from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon, had not cleansed themselves, but they still ate the Passover, contrary to what is written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May Jehovah, who is good, make allowance for everyone who has prepared his heart to search for the true God. Jehovah, the God of our forefathers, although he has not been purified according to the standard of holiness. And Jehovah listened to Hezekiah and pardoned the people. So the Israelites who were in Jerusalem observed the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with great rejoicing, and the Levites and the priests were praising Jehovah day by day, loudly playing their instruments to Jehovah. Moreover, Hezekiah spoke to and encouraged all the Levites who served Jehovah with discretion, and they ate throughout the festival for seven days, sanctifying communion sacrifices and giving thanks to Jehovah the God of their forefathers. Then all the congregation decided to observe it for seven more days, so they observed it for seven more days with rejoicing, and King Hezekiah of Judah contributed for their congregation a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep, and the princesses contributed for the congregation a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep, and priests were sanctifying themselves in great number, and all the congregation of Judah, the priests, the Levites, all the congregation that came from Israel, and the foreign residents who came from the land of Israel, and those living in Judah continued rejoicing. And there, were, and there was great rejoicing in Jerusalem. For from the days of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, nothing like this had happened in Jerusalem. Finally the Levites' priests stood up and blessed the people, and God heard their voice, and their prayer reached his holy dwelling, the heavens. Chapter number 31 As soon as they had finished all of this, all the Israelites who were present went out to the cities of Judah, and they smashed the sacred pillars, cut down the sacred poles, and tore down the high places and the altars throughout Judah and Benjamin, as well as in Ephraim and Manasseh, until they had destroyed them completely, after which all the Israelites returned to their cities, each one to his own possession. Then Hezekiah appointed the priests in their division, and the Levites in their division, each of the priests and Levites for their service, for the burnt offerings and the communion sacrifices, to minister and to give thanks and praise in the gates of the courtyards of Jehovah. A portion of the king's own goods was given for the burnt offerings, including the morning and evening offerings, as well as the burnt offerings for the Sabbath, the new moons and the festivals, according to what is written in the law of Jehovah. Furthermore, he commanded the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion to the priest and the Levites, so that they might adhere strictly to the law of Jehovah. As soon as the order was issued, the Israelites gave in great quantities the first fruits of their grain, new wine, oil, and honey, and all of the produce of the field. They brought in abundance the tenth of everything. And the people of Israel and of Judah living in the cities of Judah also brought in the tenth of cattle and sheep and the tenth of the holy things that were sanctified to Jehovah their God. They brought it in and put it in many heaps. In the third month they began laying their contribution in heaps 
and in the seven months that they finished, when Hezekiah and the priest came and saw the heaps, they praised Jehovah and blessed his people Israel. Hezekiah asked the priest and the Levites about the heaps, and Azariah, the priest, the chief priest of the house of Sadok, said to him, From the time they started bringing the contribution into the house of Jehovah, the people have been eating to sanctify satisfaction, and there is still an abundance supplies, for Jehovah has blessed his people, and this mighty and this great plenty, and there is and this great plenty is left over. At this Hezekiah told them to prepare storerooms in the house of Jehovah, so they prepared them. They kept faithfully bringing in the contribution, tenth part, and the holy things. Conaniah the Levites was put in charge of all of this as supervisors, and his brother Shimi was second. Yehiel, Asahia, Nahath, Asahiel, Yerimoth, Yosabad, Eliel, Ishmashiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were commissioners assisting Koaniha and his brother Shimi by the order of King Hezekiah, and Asaiah was supervisor of the house of the true God. And Kore, the son of Imna, the Levite skatekeeper on the east side, was in charge of the voluntary offerings of the true God, and he distributed the contribution made to Jehovah and the most holy things. And under his direction were Eden, Mini Amin, Yeshua, Shemaya, Amaria, and Shekaniha, in the cities of the priests, in their office of truth, in their office of trust, to distribute equally to their brothers in division, to great and small alike. This was in addition to the distribution made to the males from three years old and up, who were listed in the genealogical enrollment who came daily to serve in the house of Jehovah and to carry out the duties of their division. The genealogical enrollment of the priest was by their parental house, as was that of the Levites, who were twenty years old and up, by the duties of their divisions. The genealogical enrollment, including all their children, their wives, their sons and their daughters, their entire congregation, for they kept themselves sanctified for what was holy because of their office of trust, as well as the descendants of Aaron, the priest, who were living in the field of the pastures surrounding the cities. In all the cities, men had been designated by name to give portions to every male among the priests and to everyone, including in the genealogical enrollment of the Levites. Zacchaeus did this throughout Judah, and he continued to do what was good and right and faithful before Jehovah his God. And every work that he undertook to search for his God, whatever, what, what here, whether in connection with the service of the house of the true God or in the law and the commandments, he did wholeheartedly, and he was successful. Chapter number 32. After these things and these acts of faithfulness, King Sinarib of Assyria came and invaded Judah. He besieged the fortified cities, intent on breaking through and capturing them. 
When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he decided, after consulting with his princesses and his warriors, to stop up the waters of the springs outside the city, and they gave him their support. Many people were gathered together, and they stopped up all the springs and the streams that flowed through the land, saying, Why should the king of Assyria come and find plenty of water? Furthermore, with determination, he rebuilt the entire broken-down wall and raised towers on it, and outside he made another wall. He also repaired the mound of the city of David, and he made a large number of weapons and shields. He then appointed military chiefs over the people and assembled them at the public square of the city gate and encouraged them, saying, Be courageous and strong. Do not be afraid or be terrified because of the king of Assyria and all the multitudes with him, for there are more with us than with our, than are with them. With him is a arm of flesh, but with us is Jehovah our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. After this, while King Sennacherib of Assyria was at Lachish, with all his imperial might, he sent his servant to Jerusalem, to King Hezekiah of Judah, and to all the Judeans in Jerusalem, saying, This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says, In what are you trusting that you remain in Jerusalem while it is besieged? Is it not Hezekiah's misleading you, and handing you over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, Jehovah our God will rescue us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Is this not the same Hezekiah who removed your God's high places and his altars, and then said to Judah and Jerusalem, You should bow down before one altar, and on it you should make your sacrifices smoke. Do you not know what I and my forefathers did to all the people of the land? Were there gods of the nations of the land able to rescue their land from my hand? Who among all the gods of these nations that my forefathers devoted to destruction was able to rescue his people from my hand? So that your God should be able to rescue you from my hand. Now do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you like this. Do not put faith in him, for no no god of any nation or kingdom was able to rescue his people from my hand and from the hand of my forefathers. How much less, then, will your own god rescue you from my hand? His servant said even more against Jehovah, the true God, and against Hezekiah, his servant. He also wrote letters to insult Jehovah, the God of Israel, and to speak against him, saying, like the gods of the nations of the lands who could not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. They kept calling loudly in the language of the Jews to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to make them afraid and to terrify them in order to capture the city. They spoke against the God of Jerusalem the same way as against the gods of the people of the earth, which are the works of man's hands. <clears throat> but King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, kept praying about this and crying out to the heavens for help. Then Jehovah sent an angel and wiped out every mighty warrior, leader and chief in the camp of the king of Assyria, so that he 
went back to his own land in disgrace. He later entered the house of his god, and there some of his own sons struck him down with the sword. So Jehovah saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hands of King Sinarib of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and gave them rest on every side. And many brought gifts to Jehovah at Jerusalem, and choice things to King Hezekiah of Judah, and he was greatly respected by all the nations after that. In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death, and he prayed to Jehovah, who answered him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appreciatively to the good done to him, for his heart became haughty, bringing indignation against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. However, Hezekiah humbled himself for the haughtiness of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and Jehovah's indignation did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah came to have vast riches and glory, and he made storehouses for himself for silver, gold, precious stones, balsam oil, shields, and for all the desirable articles. He also made storage places for the produce of grain and new wine and oil, as well as stalls for all the different kinds of livestock and stalls for the flocks. He also acquired cities for himself and an abundance of livestock, flocks and herds, for God gave him every, very many possessions. It was Hezekiah who stopped up the upper source of the waters of Gihon and directed them straight down to the west to the city of David. And Hezekiah was successful in every work of his. However, when the spokesmen of the princes of Babylon were sent to ask him about the sign that had occurred in the land, the true God left him alone to put him to the test to get to know what to get to know all that was in his heart. As for the rest of the history of Hezekiah and his acts of loyal love, they are written in the vision of Isaac the prophet, the son of Amos, in the book of the kings of Judah and of Israel. Then Hezekiah was laid to rest with his forefathers, and they buried him in the ascent to the burial places of the son of David, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh became king in his place. Chapter number 33. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned for fifty-five years in Jerusalem. He did what was bad in Jehovah's eyes, following the detestable practices of the nations that Jehovah had driven out from before the people of Israel. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had torn down. He set up altars to the Baals and made sacred poles, and he bowed down to all the army of the heavens and served them. He also built an altar in the house of Jehovah, about which Jehovah had said, In Jerusalem my name will be forever. And he built altars to all the army of the heavens in two courtyards of the house of Jehovah. And he made his own son pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. He practiced magic, used divination, practiced sorcery, and appointed spiritual mediums and fortune tellers. He did on a grand scale what was bad in Jehovah's eyes to offend him. He put the craved image that he made in the house of the true God, about which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, 
I will permanently put my name, and I will never again remove the feet of Israel from the land that I assigned to their forefathers, provided they carefully observe all that I have commanded them, the entire law, the regulations, and the judicial decisions given through Moses. Manasseh kept leading Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem astray, causing them to do worse than the nations that Jehovah had annihilated from before the Israelites. Jehovah kept speaking to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So Jehovah brought against them the army of the chief and the king of Assyria, and they captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with two copper feathers and took him to Babylon. In his distress he begged faith. He begged Jehovah his God for favor, and kept humbling himself greatly before the God of his forefathers. He kept praying to him, and he was moved by his entreaty and heart, and heard his and heard his request for favor, and he restored him to Jerusalem to his kingship. Then Manasseh came to know that Jehovah is the true God. After this, he built an outer wall of the city of David west of Gihon in the valley and as far as the fish gate, and he continued it around to Ophel, and he made it very high. Further, he appointed army chiefs in all the fortified cities in Judah. He then removed the foreign gods and the idols' images from the house of Jehovah and all the altars that he had built in the mountains of the house of Jehovah and in Jerusalem. and he had them thrown outside the city. He also prepared the altar of Jehovah and began to offer up communion sacrifices and thanksgiving sacrifices on it, and he told Judah to serve Jehovah the God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people were still sacrificing to the high places, although only to Jehovah their God. As for the rest of the history of Manasseh, his prayer to his God, and the words of the visionary who spoke to him in the, se- in the name of Jehovah, the God of Israel, they are recorded in the history of the kings of Israel. Also his prayer and how his entreaty was granted him, all his sins and his unfaithfulness, the locations where he built high places and set up the circuit poles, and the graven images before he humbled himself, they are written among the words of his visionaries. Then Manasseh was laid to rest with his forefathers, and they buried him at his house, and his son Ammon became king in his place. Ammon was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned for two years in Jerusalem. And he continued to do what was bad in Jehovah's eyes, just as his father Manasseh had done. And Ammon sacrificed to all the graven images that his father Manasseh had made, and he kept serving them. But he did not humble himself before Jehovah as Manasseh his father had humbled himself. Instead, Ammon greatly increased his guilt. Eventually his servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. But the people of the land struck down all those who conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son you see her king of in his place. Chapter number 34. Uzziah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned for thirty-one years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in Jehovah's eyes, and walked in the ways of David his forefather, 
and he did not deviate to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a boy, he started to search for the god of David, his forefather, and in the twelfth year he started to cleanse Judah and Jerusalem of the high places and the sacred poles, the graven images and the metal statues. Further, they tore down the altars of the balls in his presence, and he cut down the incense stands that were up above them. He also broke into pieces the sacred poles, the graven images and the metal statues, and reduced them to powder and sprinkled it over the graves of those who used to sacrifice to them. And he burned the bones of priests on their altars. Thus he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And in the city of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, and clear to Naphtali, in their surrounding ruins, he tore down the altars and he crushed the sacred poles and the graven images, reducing them to powder, and he cut down all the incense stands in all the land of Israel, after which he returned to Jerusalem. In the eighth year of his reign, when he had cleansed the land of the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Asalia, Shea, the chief of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, they recorded to repair the house of Jehovah his God. They came to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought to the house of, uh, of God, which the Levites, serving as doorkeepers, had collected from Manasseh, Ephraim, and all the rest of Israel, as well as from Judah, Benjamin, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, then they gave it to those who were appointed over the work in the house of Jehovah. In turn, the workers in the house of Jehovah used it to mend and repair the house. They gave it to the craftsmen and the builders to buy huge stones and timbers for braces and to build with beams the houses that the kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruins. And the men did their work faithfully. Over them were appointed Levites, Yahath and Obadiah of the Merayites, and Sechariah and Meshulam of the Kohites to serve as overseers. And the Levites, all of whom were skilled musicians, were in charge of the common laborers, and were overseers of all those who were doing the work in every kind of service. And some of the Levites were secretaries, officers, and gatekeepers. While they were taking out the money that had been brought to the house of Jehovah, Hilkiah the priest found the book of Jehovah's law given through Moses. So Hilkiah said to Shahan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of Jehovah. With that, Hilkiah gave the book to Shahan, a Shaphan. Then Shaphan brought the book to the king and told him, Your servants are doing everything that was assigned to them. <coughs> They have poured out the money that was found in the house of Jehovah, and they have handed it over to the appointed men and to those doing the work. Jeff and the secretary also told the king, There is a book that Hilkiah the priest has given me. Then Shaphan began to read from it before the king. As soon as the king heard the words of the law, he ripped his garment apart. Then the king gave this order to Hilkiah, uh, He came, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Asaiah, the king's servant. 
Go inquire of Jehovah in my behalf and in behalf of those who remain in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For Jehovah's rage that will be poured out against us is great because our forefathers did not carry out the word of Jehovah by observing all that is written in this book. So Elkiah, along with those sent by the king, went to Hulda the prophetess. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, son of Hahas, the caretaker of the wardrobe, and she was dwelling in the second quarters of Jerusalem. And they spoke to her there. She said to them, This is what Jehovah the God of Israel says. Tell the man who sent you to me, This is what Jehovah says. I will bring calamity on this place and its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book that they read before the king of Judah, because they have abandoned me and are making sacrificial smoke to other gods in order to offend me with all the works of their hands, my rage will pour out on this place and it will not be extinguished. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of Jehovah, this is what you should say to him. This is what Jehovah the God of Israel says, regarding the words that you have heard. Because your heart was responsive, and you humbled yourself before God on hearing his words concerning this place and its inhabitants, and you humbled yourself before me, and ripped your garment apart, and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares Jehovah, That is why I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be laid in your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see all the calamity that I will bring on this place and its inhabitants. Then they brought the reply to the king. So the king sent word and summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. After that, the king went up to the house of Jehovah with all the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, all the people, the great as well as the small, He read in their, in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of Jehovah. The king stood in his place and made a covenant before Jehovah that he would follow Jehovah and keep his commandments, his reminders, and his regulations with all his heart and with all his soul by carrying out the words of the covenant that were written in this book. Furthermore, he had all those who were in Jerusalem and Benjamin to agree to it, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem acted according to the covenant of God, the God of their forefathers. Josiah then removed all the detestable things out of all the lands that belonged to the Israelites, and he made everyone in Israel serve Jehovah their God. Throughout his lifetime, they did not deviate from following Jehovah the God of their forefathers. Chapter number 35. Uzziah held a Passover to Jehovah in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover sacrifice on the fourteenth day of the first month. He assigned the priests to their duties and encouraged them to carry out their service of the house of Jehovah. Then he said to the Levites, the instructors of all Israel, those who were holy to Jehovah, put the holy ark in the house that Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, built. You are no longer to carry it on your shoulders. Now serve Jehovah your God and his people Israel, and prepare yourself by your parental houses according to your division, following what was written by King David of Israel and by his son Solomon. Stand in the holy place, grouped by the parental houses of your brothers, 
the rest of the people with the corresponding group of the parental houses of the Levites, slaughter the Passover sacrifice and sanctify yourself and make preparations for your brothers to carry out the words of Jehovah through Moses. Josiah continued, so Josiah contributed flocks to the people, male lambs and young male goats, for the Passover sacrifice for all who were present, a total of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's own property. His princesses also made a contribution as a volunteering offering for the people, the priests and the Levites, Elikiah, Zechariah and Jehiel, the leaders of the house of the true God, gave to the priest 2,600 Passover sacrifices and 3,000 cattle. Konania and his brother Shemaiah and Nathaniel, along with Hashabiah, Jehiel and Jehobad, the chiefs of the Levites, contributed to the Levites 5,000 Passover sacrifices and 500 cattle. The service was prepared, and the priests stood at their place, and the Levites by their division, as the king had commanded. They slaughtered the Passover sacrifice, and the priests sprinkled the blood they received from them, while the Levites were skinning the animals. Next, they prepared the burnt offering so as to distribute them to the rest of the people who were grouped by parental houses so that they could be presented to Jehovah as it is written in the book of Moses. And they did the same with the cattle. They cooked the Passover offerings over the fire according to the custom, and they cooked the holy offerings in pots, cattle and pans, after which they brought it quickly to all the rest of the people. Then they made preparation for themselves and for the priest, because the priest, the descendants of Aaron, were offering up the burnt sacrifices and the fat pieces until nightfall. So the Levites made preparation for themselves and for the priest, the descendants of Aaron. And the singers, the sons of Asaph, were at their possession by the commandments of David, Asaph, Heman, and Yedutun, the visionary of the king and the gatekeepers were at the different gates. There were no need for them to leave their service, because their brothers the Levites made preparation for them. So all the service of Jehovah was prepared on that day to hold the Passover and to offer up the burnt offerings on the altar of Jehovah, according to the order of King Yoshia. The Israelites who were present held the Passover at that time at the festival of unleavened bread for seven days, there had never been held a Passover like it in Israel since the days of Solomon the prophet, Samuel the prophet, nor had any of the other kings of Israel held a Passover like that held by Yushia the priest, the Levites, all Judah and Israel who were present, who were present and inhabitants of Jerusalem. This Passover was held in the eighteenth year of Yushia's reign. After all of this, when Yoshia had prepared the temple, King Necho of Egypt came up to fight at Kakemish by the Euphrates. Then Yoshia went out against him. So he sent messengers to him, saying, What does this have to do with you, O king of Judah? I am not coming against you today, but my fight is against another house, and God says that I should hurry. 
for your own sake. Refrain from opposing God, who is with me, or he will bring you to ruin. However, Yoshia would not turn away from him, but he disguised himself. To f- but he disguised himself to fight against him, and would not listen to the word of Nico, which were from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. And Archias shot King Yoshia, and the king said to his servant, Get me out of here, so I am se- for I am severely wounded. So his servant took him out of the chariot and had him ride in his second war chariot and brought him to Jerusalem. Thus he died and was buried in the tomb of his forefathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned Yoshia. And Jeremiah chanted over Yoshia. And all the male and female singers kept singing about Yoshia in their ridges down to this day. And a decision was made that they should be sung in Israel. And they are written among the judges. As for the rest of the history of Yoshia and his deeds of loyal love, in keeping with what is written in the law of Jehovah and what he did from beginning to end, they are written in the book of the king of Israel and of Judah. Chapter number 36 Then the people of the land took Yoshia's son, Jehoahaz, and made him king in Jerusalem, in place of his father. Jehoahaz was twenty-three years old when he became king, and he reigned for three months in Jerusalem. However, the king of Egypt de- deposed him in Jerusalem and fined the land one hundred silver talents and a gold talent. Furthermore, the king of Egypt made Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiadakim. But Neko took his brother Jehoahaz and brought him to Egypt, Joachim was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned for eleven years in Jerusalem. He continued to do what was bad in the eyes of Jehovah and his God. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came up against him in order to bind him with two copper feathers to take him to Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar took some of the utensils of the house of Jehovah to Babylon and put them in his palace in Babylon. As for the rest of the history of Jehoiakim, the detestable things that he did, and what was found against him, it is written in the book of the kings of Israel and of Judah. And his son Jehoiachin became king in his place. Jehoiachin was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned for three months and ten days in Jerusalem. And he continued to do what was bad in Jehovah's eyes. At the start of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar sent to have him brought to Babylon, along with valuable articles of the house of Jehovah, and he made his father's brother Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned for eleven years in Jerusalem. He continued to do what was bad in the eyes of Jehovah his God. He did not humble himself before the prophet Jeremiah, who spoke at the order of Jehovah. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him take an oath by God, and he remained stubborn and hard-hearted and refused to turn to Jehovah the God of Israel. All the chiefs of the priests, as well as the people, were extinguishedly unfaithful, practicing all the detestable things of the nations, and they defiled the house of Jehovah that he had sanctified in Jerusalem. Jehovah the God of their forefathers kept warning them by means of his messengers, warning them again and again, 
because he felt compassion for his people and for his dwelling place. But they kept ridiculing the messengers of the true God, and then and they despised his words and mocked his prophets, until the rage of Jehovah came up against his people, until they were beyond healing. So he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. He felt no compassion for young man or virgin, old or infant. God gave everything into his hand, all the utensils of the house of true God, great and small, as well as the treasuries of the house of Jehovah and the treasuries of the kings and his princesses, everything he brought to Babylon. He burned down the house of the true God, tore down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its fortified towers with fire, and destroyed everything of value. He carried off captives to Babylon those who escaped the sword, and they became servants to him and his sons until the kingdom of Persia began to reign, to fulfill Jehovah's word spoken by Jeremiah, until the land had paid off its Sabbath. All the days it laid desolate, it kept it kept Sabbath to fulfill seventy years. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that Jehovah's word spoken by Jeremiah would be fulfilled, Jehovah stirred the spirit of King Syria of Cyrus of Persia to make a proclamation throughout his kingdom, which he also put in writing, saying, This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, Jehovah the God of the heavens has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has commissioned me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you of all his people, may Jehovah his God be with him, and let him go up. So, this is the last word of the Second Chronicles. This is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It's the 18th of February 2023. The time is 2031, and it is Saturday. Bye.